I've been reading a book this week and it's quite good, um, but it's like sharp. Uh, like it's as in physically it is hurt like, like my little the, thumbs. Like pa- the paper edges are sharp. Yes. Like, and I holding see. it is... Sharper than a regular book. I guess so, because it hasn't happened to me from any other book. It's a paperback, it's not a hardback. And it's I'm looking at it now, there's a little scar on my thumb from where I've held it. Oh. Who said ideas can be dangerous? to this episode four of series two of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell and i'm joined this week as ever by nate hello nate hello and by james hello james how are things lads how are you both i've been ravaged oh by a book or by (laughs) No, no, no! It's just by conventional disease. Uh, we've had a, a some kind of gastro. Oh no! Monstrosity rip through our household. So I'm feeling very, very weak and pissed off because I've only eaten bland foods for Ooh. days, and even that's made me feel oh. like I'm gonna bark. So yeah. Oh. Other than that, like mentally, I'm optimal, but uh, physically, very weak. The mind is willing, but the <laughs> yeah. If the any of you out there want to come and like, like challenge me for alpha status over the gobies, uh, now's now's your chance. I can barely barely lift an egg. I was going to say, if the gobies were ever going to make their move, now would be the time. I did count them for you. How many are there? Oh, I did my best. I, I got as far as sixty-eight. Blimey! That's so got like. Go. Next time we do a podcast, it'll just be a kind of flapping noise, and we'll be like, Nate, are you okay? And I'll the come sound of a hundred gobies flapping will combine to say, yes, Alex, I'm perfect. Exactly. I'll come around your house, and it'll, the door will be opened by like a quite a, a short version of you in a trench coat with a scarf around your face. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, James? Uh, I'm doing better than Nate, by the sounds of it. Um yeah, adequate. I'm in a bit of a bit of an an atomic heart hole at the moment. Um, I was going to say, yeah, better better or worse. But we'll discuss that later. Ooh, Ooh. is it, it going to be to do with ray tracing? Uh, there may be a, there may be a, a a spot of of ray tracing talk. <laughs> it's the only uh, it's the only graphical thing I can reliably remember that people like. Oh, oh, excellent. Um, I might not even need my need to think of um of beans and cowboys no you analogy. will you okay will. i will <laughs> how are you gonna do beans and cowboys for ray tracing i i get, get, get give me give me a minute okay. <laughs> you've got until the hardware section <laughs> if you hear me if you hear me scribbling um okay okay it's that i'm i'm happy because the boiler has been broken for about two months i want to say 
and it's living on the coast, almost the Atlantic coast, which a little bit off the direct angle in Ireland. It's not the best time to not have a boiler, I will mm. say. <laughs> so James may have noticed whenever I've been on a call for the past two months, I've been wearing a bright blue hoodie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> decorated with chicken nugs because it's cold. Um, but because the boiler's fixed now, I washed the hoodie. And can I just say, if you have an hoodie at home, don't wash it. <laughs> really? What happens to them? <laughs> well, it just, they soak up the water it may have broken because it says you can machine wash it i'm not entirely sure if it hasn't broken the washing machine because we i put it in with nothing else it was a single hoodie load and then the washing machine broke (laughs) and then i had to get out and it was so heavy um it has now been almost two days and it is not dry (laughs) and i've been like trying to hand (laughs) wring it every like half an hour it's like having a child Oh, it's these like, are the ones with the big fleecy lining, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, do you know? Did I tell you the story about my one of those? What happened to your one of those? Well, so when we had um, our Ukrainian housemate, who famously had a, a massive white Alsatian called Juicy, mm-hmm. very, very, very thick dog, um, and I had like a black Udi. And whenever it encountered me in a corridor, it would go berserk because presumably it thought a bear had suddenly appeared in the house. But the terror, uh, the instant barking terror of this dog, no matter how many times we encountered each other. (laughs) What did you do? Just got very annoyed and sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you didn't you didn't take off the hoodie at any point no no i'm not losing in a battle of wills to a hound <laughs> but that would be my advice my recommendation my my bonus recommendation is don't wash your hoodie live in filth because it's too much too much trouble <laughs> to wash otherwise I should have waited like a year and then done a viral video, you know, like when people clean makeup brushes after five years. I should have posed down my hoodie after living in it. Very goblin mode, Prime Minister. Indeed, yes. Very goblin mode. <laughs> I was trying to name a segue then. There's a huge pause. <laughs> well, goblins. Um, they are, I think you could refer to a group of goblins as a horrid crew. And of course, uh, horrid oh, yeah, that's crew. that's a good one. Were the f- was the words used by Milton to describe Satan's cohort of demons when they were cast into hell after the fall? I would have just said goblins probably have been hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you want to absolutely shit on Judeo-Christian tradition, yeah, sure, goblins <laughs> live in hell, along with beholders and centaurs. <laughs> it was an excellent segue, Nate. Thank you. He's, he's doing good. Yeah, this week in news, I saw a couple of uh, games got trailers, new trailers. One, uh, I think we'd see, like Catherine played uh, an alpha of, uh, and one that I think we'd heard existed, it just sort of, were like, yeah, that seems like a thing, but now it's got like a proper trailer and it's all like 3D and, and unreal and stuff. But, um, so the first is uh, a strategy game called Solium Infernum. Um, which has been in the works for a while. Um, 
and like there was a version of it originally released in 2009 and it's getting a kind of fancified new version it's basically uh satan has gone from hell and uh all the kind of lords of hell are now sort of trying and vying for that position so it's a strategy game with some you know war and battles but an emphasis on political intrigue and and backstabbing uh rather than solely taking things by uh force um and the original was uh like a favorite of rps back in the day long before my time Uh, and the new version has now got a trailer um it's looking fancy well a new trailer i should say uh like a, a gameplay trailer i think it looks quite cool and then uh, as if a deliberate counterpoint to that we also got a trailer for i am jesus christ uh a jesus sim where you live and i'm gonna laugh because i'm not laughing at anyone's sincerely held beliefs and i do think this sim seems to be quite I think sincere, it's sincere yeah but it's just accidentally seems quite blasphemous <laughs> do you know yeah, it's I I'm fascinated by this actually. I was intrigued after you sent the link to the trailer and I watched it a good few times. Yeah, me too. I think I watched, my conclusion um, is the modding scene is going to be hairy. It's going to be something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watched the devlog as well. It, it it's a first person I don't even know. It's a first person Jesus simulator. It's so a miracle map. Yeah, a miracle map because you play as Jesus, and it like Jesus's hands are always sort of in front of you at a kind of miracle ready position, you know. Like, and there's a, a bar for like your, I, I suppose, miracle power, and I think you power it up by holding right click to or left click to pray. Um, it's got if you look at the devlog, there's you know Jerusalem, the Temple of Solomon. There's, you know, the 40 days in the desert level. They're all levels. Uh, you turn I've... water into wine. You have quests and the quest log will be like, you know, help cure child, help fisherman, uh, defeat demon. It, it's, I'm, I don't know. It's It sent me a little bit. Yeah. Because um, like, at some points the trailer's very goofy. Like... You sort of encounter this sort of disease-ravaged old lady and sort of wave your hands at her, and she slowly sort of starts to beam with eerie <laughs> happiness, and that was very goofy. But then there's another bit where you're, like, on the cross, and you're yeah. looking left and right at the thieves, and it's quite moving, you know? They, well, they have a bit that in the devlog that's like, you know, the road to Golgotha level. And you're like, you know, like in Call of Duty when you get shot and the screen goes all kind of or a bit wibbly because you're not feeling great. The screen sort of looks a bit like that. And you can see like in the top right corner, like the bit of the cross that is in your vision, in your first person view. Yeah. As you're going along, it just seems, yeah, totally. Like, very, you know, I was like. I took that seriously. I was like, wow, that's actually kind of impactful, you know, because I'm, I'm not a Christian, but like, I find it an incredibly impactful story. Like, mm. you know, it's an, an astonishing figure. 
And it looks like they've really gone for it. But, you know, you introduce any jank into that and it instantly becomes weapons-grade comedy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem. That's it, isn't it? And I'm pretty sure there's a bit in the devlog where, like, you defeat a demon in a temple by sort of doing, like, FPS, (laughs) like, (laughs) zapping at it. Or like you, you're in a town and and you can select from like a wheel of miracles to like cast out demon. It's just, it's so strange seeing these things collide. The other problem is I can't help but think of it as a sequel to I Am Bread or I Am Toast. <laughs> what was the one where you are? A I slice? Am Bread. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry, we, me and Nate have dominated this quite a bit, James. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's all right. I was just, what? I was just thinking, like speaking of jank. There's a bit in. I don't know if it, if it's an older. Tra- oh yeah, from three years ago. Um, yeah, it's like a bit in an older trailer where Jesus waves his hands and, you know, multiplies the fish in the bucket <laughs> to feed the five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but they were just kind of like, it looks like they'd make that, um, <laughs> like that kind of Source Engine Gary's mod collision noise. <laughs> When someone gets like stuck in the corner and it's just like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Do you know a, a YouTube channel called Let's Game it Out? No. no, it's very funny. It's a, it's a guy who takes sort of janky simulations and sandbox games and just tries to break them by pushing the limits of what's possible in the game. I'm very excited to see what he can do with multiplying fish and loaves. Let's put it that way. This is sort of what I want to talk about because. There are a lot of hell games, but not really many heaven games. And I wonder if this sort of, uh, would one call it ludonarrative dissonance? <laughs> I wonder if that's why. Because you, like, if you create a sim where the player is Jesus and they have some manner of, uh, you know, freedom within that, that's a recipe for trouble, surely. Because then anything they do within that, or with mods, as you said, uh, that's Jesus yeah, doing a, it, you know. Recipe for sacrilege. Um, exactly. Did, did, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm also not Christian. Is it just a, a case of people don't mind if sacrilege happens in hell because that's where sacrilege happens anyway? Well, I suppose looking at it theologically, like, yeah, devils can do anything. Um, they want to, anything they have power to do. And you can't really get upset about that because, you know, the the bench is pretty low. Um, I think when you're playing as any sort of divine being, you know, from an actual established belief system, you've got instant problems there if you diverge from perfect behavior. Christ is an interesting example because he's technically human, um, like a theologian, I'd be interested in the theologian's input here. I'm not sure if if Christ can technically, like, was he born with original sin? No, because of the immaculate conception. So he's a he's a being created without sin. But can he sin? I don't mm. know. Can you sin as Christ? Therefore, becomes it's a weighted one, isn't it? He did yeah. curse a fig tree once, which I thought was out of order. The poor tree. 
<laughs> I'm going to uh, say, I think he could have done better there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, figs are garbage fruit. I don't like them. The texture of them freaks me out. They're rammed full of wasps for a start. What? If you've ever eaten a... a, 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 a well... You're pretty certain to have eaten wasps if you've eaten a fig. They're all pollinated by wasps, and in many cases, horrific wasps, where the males are uh, wingless, worm-like creatures um, that you know, tiny, tiny, much smaller than the head of a pin, and the the female climbs in through the aperture of the fig and into this horrific orgy of uh, nightmare beasts in the dark, and uh, yeah. Lovely with some blue cheese and walnuts. I've only, I've only eaten half a fig in my entire life, so what do you think my chances are that I've consumed? 80%. Oh, um, oh. Sorry. Uh, I'm glad I didn't like figs. because You know what? Christ was right. <laughs> 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 Fuck those figs. <laughs> um, I do think there is a bit of... Um, Distant. This is a purely anecdotal, but um, with video games, there's maybe a bit of distance because I reviewed um, ages ago. I say ages, uh, years ago now. Um, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you're a Viking and you uh, like it is a not an exaggeration to say a core loop of the game is burning down monasteries. Right, like that's what you you sack monasteries. Yeah, it's uh, you steal all their stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you yell stuff as you're running up the hill to attack the monasteries. It's like a, you know, a triggered dialogue. And I quoted one of them in uh, the review, and I did. This is on me. I overquoted it because I, I put it in a pull quote. It was in the text, and uh, I think I t- put it in the tweet for it as well, which was it was something like "kill Christ and burn his house down." Yes. Uh, 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 so it's on me for like putting that in the review i guess but i got like hardcore like threats emailed to me from like orthodox russians and a bunch of like uh texas fundamentalists because they thought like i don't know if they didn't think i was quoting if they thought i'd made that up and i was saying it but like they got real angry about it but they weren't angry at the game for Mm. for the thing you do in the game over and over again you know, they weren't angry that the game puts in you burning down monasteries, which I thought was interesting. Did you I not d- tell them to redirect their emails to the protagonist of Assassin's Creed Valhalla? I mean, the, the content of the emails indicated they weren't really up for a conversation about it. But um, uh, I did actually, I replied to a couple of people who seemed a bit more reasonable, and, and one of them was like, I didn't even think about that. So um, it, I just found that interesting, you know, that maybe in a video game, it's not real somehow. It's I don't a know. tricky. Well, this was around the time I was getting a massive bollocking for talking about the whole Deus Vault thing in Crusader Kings Three. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. Whew, that was a tough, <laughs> tough spell. <laughs> yeah. So let's it, move on, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but people tend to be kind of okay with hell because hell's horrible anyway, and it's a, a kind of fact. So, what are some of our favourite games about hell, James? Do you have any? Uh, I I realised that I, I haven't actually played that many games, so at least not entirely within hell. Um, 
The only one that comes to mind is quite it might be just recently bias is a metal hell singer. But that oh yeah, that doesn't even make hell look that bad. Like there are there are monsters in it, but a lot of it is just kind of like nice mountains. Yeah, and... it's like a a cool like rhythm action game with metal, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, one level is basically just. I don't know. It looks like Bristol after an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> I was always interested in how the Diablo series kind of yeah they used the the aesthetics and even like some of the names you know from like the the, the various devils in in Diablo. I think quite a lot of them have actual names of devils from their Christian mythology, but yeah. It's all sort of defanged and decontextualized, and there's all this weird stuff with sort of angels and light and stuff. So it's it's sort of the best of both worlds in Diablo. I think mm. if I was being a cynic, I would say they had done that so that people could get the most out of it without worrying about if you know they were taking the piss out of their own belief system. Mm. I don't know. Well, they're, they're, like a lot of them use kind of the tropic, like Dungeon Keeper is sort of, I, I think, hell-ish, which is that kind of classic um, sort of strategy base building game where you... Well, then, of like, course, there was 1996's Afterlife, which was a really interesting city builder where you were simultaneously building punishment structures in hell and reward systems in heaven. Ooh, I didn't and know it was about quite that. good. I think you'd quite like it, actually, Alice. I was going to say because my pitch for like a game. We'll get onto that in a minute. I was going to ask you to pitch a game set in heaven, but um, what about Hades? Oh, yeah, different hell, isn't it? That counts, surely. It's just not the hell we're used to. I mean, the um, I'm surprised that aren't well. You know, I suppose. Uh, a lot of games draw on on that sort of structure of hell as an easy sort of dungeon system, you know, right back to like Altered Beast and things. But Hades really used the cosmology of the sort of classical underworld, uh, not the cosmology, you know, um, topography, you know, with all the various layers and stuff. It's amazing how much it lends itself to a dungeon crawler. Because mm. you really... Well, I mean, actually, even in sort of Dante's geography of hell, you know, you've got the various uh, various circles and things. And do you know what's at the the very centre, at the very the heart of Dante's hell? Do you remember? I don't. It's uh, it's Judas being chomped by a big devil head, frozen in ice. Is that real? <laughs> I believe, yeah, it's a big frozen Satan, like eating Judas. I'm pretty sure Brutus, who killed Caesar, is pretty close to the center as well, <laughs> with a similar face. It's got like a big hit list of like his least favorite baddies. <laughs> Judas being chomped by a frozen devil head sounds like a like an Iron Maiden cover. Like that's not. It is. It really is. It's a fun, funny, funny old thing, Dante's Inferno. Funny old thing. What about um, 
Oh, what's the one where it's like just a, a titty devil woman in hell? Um, oh, Succubus. Oh, Succubus, yeah, the, the Agony spinoff. Yeah, do you remember? What was? Did you play any Agony, James? I, I did not. I remember reading... Um, I remember reading the reviews of it. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I mean, that that was pretty like titty devil. Yeah. Well, uh, agony was like a first person kind of horror survival ish thing, uh, where you kind of go around hell, uh, and there are monsters and you hide from them. I think, and then they're like you. It's one of those like oh shocker like it's a it's a horny nightmare that's trying to make you go oh this is so hardcore because like there'll be you know um, uh, dead babies and stuff that you can stamp on and things and uh, also yeah naked women that you have first person graphic sex with uh, and then they took the horniest of the titty demons from that to make succubus. Um, which is uh, more of an action game. It's terrible. I played some of it just because they kept. Yeah, I played some of it because they kept sending us um, the too hot for TV emails all the time. It was so annoying. Oh man! Uh, and I capitulated. I they won because I played the game. But what was really funny about it is that because they're all like. Um, Dude, the game that your parents don't want you to play. It's got <laughs> it, it's got nipples. Um about it. Uh is that the <laughs> the nudity is censored by default. So when you get the game, it's all like everything is misted over. <laughs> it's all pixelated out so you can't see it. And you have to download like a separate, like a free DLC thing. So you, you the, have the to fe- the female fronting nipples DLC. Yeah. Do you want to know something funny? Mm. In in classic, like baffled granddad style, I had heard of that and somehow got it confused with the game Scorn. And when oh. I eventually saw some gameplay footage of Scorn, I thought, well, this isn't very horny. <laughs> who found who found this horny? <laughs> It's, Scorn is horny in a different way, though. It's just yeah, it, like yeah, no, every, a very HR Geiger prime minister. Exactly, yeah. But it, I just, I just loved that the because Succubus plays terribly as well. It's an awful game. Um, but I just thought it was so funny that they were like, it's, it was like one of those like adverts for like horny games, you know. Uh, and then when you actually play it, you you have to do the Alan Partridge, can you make porn come on my game, please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one more thing, 007. Try not to come while playing this game. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well. should, we, should we move on? <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> uh, well, that was the other thing I wanted you to pitch uh, your games set in heaven. Like, what if what would you do for a heaven game, or like a hmm. at least not hmm. a hell one? I'd do a uh, a papers please sequel where you play as Saint Peter. Oh man. 
that's cool. Dude. Is, instead of him, I d- does he automatically know if a person has sinned in Christianity? I don't. I, 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 let's assume he does. Instead of that, um, he just gets given like a list of life events and maybe some social media photos given to him on A4 paper. And it's your <laughs> and it's your job to search through them to find out if they you know, like worked on the Sabbath or uh lived in a city that never surrendered to the Israelites. Um and if they haven't, <laughs> then you can let him in. <sighs> yeah. And you could do like um you know, you could have quotas and you're not supposed to go over quota, but like Maybe you'll have to turn away like a little girl who technically, you know, oh, yeah. like did something wrong once. But like, do you know what it would work even better with is um, with the Egyptian judgment of the dead because there's so much more paperwork involved. Oh, um, the the feather in the the heart, right? Yeah, and like because so long story short, um, in in ancient Egyptian belief structures, there's this huge, huge power of the written word, right? If you write something, if you inscribe something, that becomes truth. Um, and if you go to the Norwich Museum, there's a really, really funny sarcophagus there, uh, which has hieroglyphics on it, which says, this person never stole any meat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's the coffin of a meat thief. But like... <laughs> My eye never stole any meat sarcophagus. There's a lot of people asking questions already addressed by the sarcophagus. But because a priest inscribed that, you know, that means in the eyes of the gods, that person literally never stole any meat. And so it'd be if you were Thoth um, or Anubis, um, I think Thoth would be the fun person to play because they're the ibis-headed god of wisdom um, and, and scribeship. So you would be you know, in a real position, try and spot the forgeries. Did a priest write this? You know, um, are there any loopholes? Um, and of course, in the Egyptian judgment paradigm, you've got a massive monster. I forget his name. He's a cross between a hippo and a, a lion and a crocodile. And he, he grozzles all the noughties. And I just think, uh. you know how Cerberus in Hades is adorable? Yeah. I think Crocker Hippo Lion Boy could be even more charming. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And Coming I'd love the, the art to be done by uh, Hamish Steele, uh, who did an incredible graphic novel called Pantheon, uh, which sort of retells um, the sort of classic Egyptian foundation creation myths uh, in sort of Cal Arts style. It's really good. <laughs> Coming out of the gate strong, James. I think. Do you? How do you envisage it looking? And when will the vibe be similar to Papers Please? Will it be sort of a quite sort of depressing, uh, like admin uh, I mean, situation? It, yeah, potentially because you could be, like you say, like sending little girls to hell. Like maybe there could even be a, a trap door that plays, <laughs> that plays oh. like a, a five FPS animation of them falling down. In, wow! Into oblivion. I'm into it. I think that's great. What would you call it? Uh, Beatification, please. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be oh. something with papal, isn't there? Oh, oh very good. <laughs> Papals, please. <laughs> Don't know. We can work on it. 
can work on it. That's very good. I don't know. James might have the one to beat already first time out because I was going to say <clears throat> I think he could do a very good. Well, I mean, Nate's come up with a very good Egyptian DLC for it. Yeah, there you, uh, go. The you could do you could do loads of DLCs, couldn't you, for different you know uh, religions and different versions of it. Well, I was going to suggest um, a city builder. I think it would be great to do like a um, like creating a a district sort of like in um, uh, the good place, and and you have to you know balance the wants and needs of different people living in your heaven. You know. Yeah. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you playing as God, essentially? Yeah, you know, yeah. or like a uh, <laughs> an, an admin assistant. I don't know. <laughs> well, see, a, a uh, nice way of getting around that would be if you had like your 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 fraud. Basically, you're not actually God. You're you're company that's been subcontracted to manage Ooh, the afterlife yeah you've got to seem like your god and you've got all these saints who have died and have are really picky about their paradise yeah and you could do it like you know like in theme park world or theme park you'd have like different themed uh heavens you'd have to have different ones for the different heavens people were expecting based on different religions so you could have different themed afterlives so basically like planet zoo yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, hang on. This this fourth century hermit <laughs> is not happy about the wine lake. Needs to be more effervescent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And but then there'd be other people who don't. You can't put their houses within X amount of area next to the wine lake because, you know, maybe they're teetotal. You could get some really solid satire in there as well. Because, you know, like people who, you know, the sort of medieval stereotype of a complete bastard who's like basically min-maxing their ethics <laughs> to try and get into yeah. heaven, but they're not actually a nice person. Yeah. Um, you know, like once they're in heaven, all of these sort of like incredible philanthropists and stuff are just complete wankers. Yeah. And like, uh, excuse me, like, you know, my virgins aren't particularly voluptuous. Could you deal with that? <laughs> you bastard misogynist. Okay, fine. You know, what do you want? You um, have to hire virgins from like a higher screen, like in theme hospital. <laughs> yeah. And like, it could be really, yeah, it, it, it could actually be quite sharply satirical. Oh, very good. But so, you, but something sort of like this exists already, you tell me, in Afterlife. Well, yeah, that was, it was less personal, I think. It was more sort of, um, you know, classic sort of do research to develop more intricate sort of ironic punishment chambers and things. And uh, it, I know it was like, I'm struggling to remember exactly what it looked like, but I know there was like two screens, like the bottom one was hell and the top one was heaven, and you were building two two cities at the same time. Um, like conceptually, it was really like ahead of its time. I don't know how it stands up today, but I would be interested to have another go. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to have a first go. Um, but what would your pitch for a, a heaven game be? I think actually it would be, I was thinking along the lines of, you know, like those, is it Playway who do the, 
No, they're they're doing the I am Jesus Christ game. What's the company that does all the the the, the two bit yeah two P simulation games? That Playway publishes a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. And you'd be like a you know a maintenance guy in heaven, um, you know, like fixing the fizzers on the wine lake and stuff. Oh. Uh, and just w- trudging around these environments and having to, it'd be sort of you'd be. I guess, yeah, you'd be like the fix-it person. So you'd be having conversations with these sort of like entitled saints and stuff and then trying to fix the things. And I I suppose it would be more, um, in a departure from the kind of game I'd usually pitch, it would be more about the conversations, um, you know, and the sort of customer complaint wrangling. Uh, And and I I think the mini-games involved in fixing the problems would be more played for laughs. you know, it'd be more more uh, more WarioWare than anything yeah. else on that side <laughs> of things. And it'd mostly be about just interacting and dealing with both all of these various sort of complaining beatific figures and your bosses who'd be like various overworked archangels and, um, yeah, just dealing with the internal politics uh, of, of heaven and the irony being that no one there's having a good time because um, they're all stressed out about providing the best possible service uh, to a bunch of, you know, uh, essentially joyless uh, dead people um, <laughs> who are never going to find it meeting their standards. I We've all taken quite a dim view of heaven, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to rest when I'm dead. <laughs> None of us are like... Imagining that heaven would be great. <laughs> it's all very like admin based and like very contractual. <laughs> Jeez. What, what a bunch of boring bastards we are. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe like uh, hopping on the current monster romance genre, um, dating sim but with biblically accurate angels. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's well you know, good. You know, there, there is a bit of challenge there. Because imagine showing up on a blind date or something, and it's a, a like an, a rotating orb of <laughs> golden chains with twenty <laughs> with, with twenty eyes in the center. Just continually saying, "Be not afraid." Be not afraid. <laughs> No, no, it's bringing good tidings. Good tidings. <laughs> I really like that. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely blasphemous, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, all, all, all these game suggestions have been pretty blasphemous. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on then from an imagined blasphemy. Uh, to real games that we have been playing. James, what have you been playing this week? Atomic Heart. I'm Atomic really Heart, guessing. pretty much, pretty much nothing but Atomic Heart. Um, yeah, it's such a strange game. Um, not, not strictly because of the like the Soviet mad science stuff. It's just, it's been put together in such a bizarre way. Like sometimes. It works really well, and it's like a really 
entertaining fast-paced shooter and then in the next room it will just become like this completely like barely designed mess <laughs> of um and it's full of it's full of things that just kind of they seem to have just been put there and then never like developed further um like certain characters and in fact the entire open world that's layout. never it's never great is it no it's not it's just, um how open is the other one because it's like a a kind of uh soviet skin uh bioshock ish right yeah, kind of i mean it is there is like a, a big free roaming section in a way that there hasn't been in any of the bioshocks um what's the story so it's basically alternate history Soviet Union where they have uh, developed basically a magic goo called polymer, which has allowed them to make like wild strides into space exploration and you know robot design and AI um, and all 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 that all that good stuff uh, for the motherland. Um, except in one. One like such research facility has been taken over by the robots. Ah. Um, so you are you are sent in with a magic gloves that gives you plasmid powers um, to clear it up, essentially. Um, okay. So the the like you you can basically free roam across the facility itself, um, and then most of the most of the like the action and the story takes place in inside. Yeah, like sub facilities. But yeah, the actual the only the only real purpose of the open world is to move to the next sub facility. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> actually, I I I actually noticed like after I'd finished it, I was looking on the map. It's basically because certain ways are blocked off by like cliffs or like laser grids. It's essentially laid out in just one big, very wide corridor. That takes you kind of like around the whole area in the order of the story missions, and like, there's no, there's no like side quests or there's there's like a there's like a few like puzzle dungeons which give you rare upgrades, but there's no like there's no side missions. There aren't any like other characters to meet, um, collectibles so, to find that sort of thing. So it's very much the kind of open world that exists purely so they can market it as open world. I think so. Yeah. Um, or maybe they wanted it to be like more, you know, more fleshed out, and then forgot to or didn't have time or the budget to actually do that. Um, is my guess. Um, yeah, but it, I, there was some kind of because I, I feel like we should mention this because otherwise someone will email in or there'll be comments. But that they it was made by Russian devs, and they received. Funding from some sort of Russian state um, thing, but there's no evidence really that it is some kind of propaganda. It, my, like my understanding is that the company they receive funding from isn't um, itself like strictly state affiliated, but it was one of their like very senior staff members formerly worked for um, like state enterprises. Okay, that's even more removed from the Russian state than I thought. Like, yeah, it it is it, in Russia. It's being published on um, a platform called VK, um, which is 
state run or like state backed, um, which I guess is a way of getting around um, sanctions because Russia doesn't have steam anymore. Mm. Um, so if you if you buy it in Russia, like that is a bit. Uh, um, but to my knowledge, the like the UK and US publisher Focus Entertainment is not involved in funding an invasion into Ukraine. So you're probably okay. It, it's it, one of those things maybe that people are getting a bit, um, I don't know, I don't want to say conspiratorial, but it's one of those, like we got a load of emails because we wrote a preview of Cyberpunk that was like not fawningly positive. Uh, and then so people did like red string YouTube videos where like the... Uh, one of the events that's run by our parent company is like contracted out from Disney and Disney have a stake in Tencent. So therefore we were being paid by the Epic Game Store. Oh, I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen this at all. Is... Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm always a little bit like, you know, when your links get a certain level of tenuous to prove something, I'm always a bit like, um, but um, it's it. I guess bears worth. It's, yeah, it's worth yeah. mentioning that there is this conversation about it. I suppose. Um, yeah, like I, I, I do. I completely understand if people are uncomfortable with it, um, especially because it's like, it's not glorifying the Soviet Union. I don't think. I think there's enough kind of nods to the, the more corrupt side of it to avoid being fawning. But it is also a bit fanficy in that. <laughs> And that has like the Soviet Union as this amazing power that's created all this wonder science, and it's only really gone wrong because of a few people acting out. Um, Isn't that always the way? <laughs> I do think your review of, was really I, yeah, good. Like though. I think I think the difference between that and something like Bioshock is that you know I don't think Irrational <clears throat> was saying, "Oh no, objectivism would have worked." if, like, this Irish guy hadn't shown up. <laughs> and, and yet, somehow, loads of nerds were like, wow, this sound belt, it makes me think Ayn Rand is really cool. <laughs> this No gods or, or masters, only men. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, no, I do think your review is really good. It made me sort of want to play it, in a way, because I, I've... It I mean, it sounds it, fascinating as a thing. It is. You know? It is. That's the other thing. Like, I don't. I'm not even sure I dislike it that much. I was saying to. I was saying to Liam, like, it's it's broken in a really interesting in really interesting ways. <laughs> Nate, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so, God bless uh, Ollie Toms of Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, reading uh, the excellent PC games website aforementioned. I came across uh, his piece on the last spell, um, which oh I, yeah, I had played that um, the week it came into early access, um, and then I'd, I'd basically found it really promising, but just with a, a ridiculous difficulty spike that was that really angered me, frankly. Uh, so yeah. I forgot about it for for two years, and I came back to it after reading. Ollie praising it because I, I respect that man's taste uh, and it is bloody excellent. Oh, um, good. Okay. It's still extremely hard, but it has, 
it just dispenses so much more dopamine in the right places to armor you against those moments of inevitable frustration. Um, the game is, uh, I, I, I think I described it as Final Fantasy Tactics meets They Are Billions. Um, it's what I really like about the game. It's based on really amazing fantasy backstory uh, where in a sort of classic generic medieval fantasy world, some wizards basically invent nuclear weapons, but magic, uh, and have a horrible nuclear war that devastates the world and, you know, leaves a few survivors and loads of horrible, gribbly zombies. And you are in the last, you know, uh, tattered strongholds of humanity trying to protect circles of repentant mages, uh, penitent mages, rather, uh, as they try to conduct one last spell that will destroy magic forever. Oh, wow. Um, so you ha- you are incredibly outnumbered. You just have a few, like, battered warriors, um, you know, three or four people, uh, and you're building sort of wooden barricades, and every night more and more horrors are besieging the town, and it's got really brilliant, crunchy, sort of Carpenter-style dark wave music Ooh. playing and there's purple mist and it's it's so so cool um and yeah you'll 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 play for about six or seven nights thinking you get getting the hang of it and then you will get flattened <laughs> um it's lovely it's um it's so intense but I can play like a day of it nonstop. And then I have to take like two days just to calm down. And then I have another go. Uh, but yeah, the last spell is an absolute banger. Um, like if I was reviewing it now, uh, it would be a definite best is best for me, oh, I think. Oh, fabulous. Uh, you music that sounds like Carpenter to Brit. The music's mega. Um, if you like that kind of, if you like cheesy music that sounds like you're on a living motorbike on your way to fuck Dracula, um, <laughs> that's uh, that's the game for you. Uh, I have been playing The Last Starship, which is a new uh, sim game. It is by the, it's an early access, and it's by the devs who did uh, Prison Architect. Prison Architect is one of those games where. I'm like, this is very well done. And when I step back and look at what I'm doing, I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, this is set in space, as you can guess from the title, and you have a little starship, and um, you can sort of FTL jump around, and there's an anomaly, a sort of big black hole that's gradually growing as you play the game. You get different stuff to do to earn money to just sort of keep your starship going, so there'd be like deliveries or maybe... Um, you know, saving people from a ship that's about to explode or uh, you can buy guns and then go and try and take out some enemies. Uh, I cannot tell if it is just still that it has no tutorializing whatsoever or if I'm just bad at the game because it's very difficult (laughs) because there's no... Because it's an early access, there's no real instructions and I keep doing stuff where like I do it really wrong and then I sort of figure out why it was wrong and then I want to start the whole thing again with the the tiny like little bit of new you know yeah, knowledge yeah. that I have learned 
So, for example, last night I was playing it and I was like, oh, I'll go and save those people from their ship that's about to explode. I've got three minutes uh, and I've done my FTL jump. It will be fine. And then I spent three minutes sort of maneuvering <laughs> to try and like get our airlocks to kind of match up. And the, the, I found it really difficult reading the screen to tell like where the airlock was. I don't know. It was very... You should have put on that really tense music from Interstellar from when they're, they're trying to yeah. do that. But anyway, the ship exploded and they all died. So um, yeah. There's been a huge spate of happens. these games recently, though. Like Cosmeteer yeah. uh, and Stardius. Um, and I nearly actually bought um, Last Starship yesterday. Uh, but I've been burnt a few times, actually, with these amazing-looking sort of Starship building games that you then start and don't really know what to do in. And I, I, I think I want something fed to me in pellets a little more right now. Yeah, I think maybe leave it to cook a little bit more because it's not. I think that the stuff, the tools are all there, but it's just very hard to like. You know, there are no like point tool in this direction way, and then you end up sort of nail gunning yourself in the stomach. So, um, do you uh, remember Starship Crew that I reviewed a couple of years back? Uh, vaguely, not really. That that's Starship Crew. That's a nice one. Oh, lovely. All right. Well, the time is is wearing on, so let's uh, hop into uh, the. I, I don't know. Is it? Do you have sort of a room, James? Do you envisage in your head? Is it an office? Is it a huge sort of? Uh, it is at best a dank basement. Okay. Well, we'll go into the dank basement of hardware for a, a good day to wear hard. And uh, canonically, can this be the renovated cavern of lies? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So yeah, uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Atomic Heart Part 2, um, which in, I don't want to sound immodest, but what I believe to be an RPS scoop uh, does, is not shipping with its uh, heavily advertised ray tracing. Oh. Um, so this, is, this, is, this game has essentially been used um, by NVIDIA um, for about four years as a way of essentially like bigging up ray tracing, you know, having tech demos, trailers showing all these like lovely shiny effects. Um, and then it wasn't in the review build. And I asked what I asked what was up and they said, it's not actually going to be in the game at launch, um, <laughs> which is, which is slightly awkward. Um, I imagine there might be some kind of st- n- not very fun conversations with NVIDIA happening behind the scenes, maybe. Um, although in hindsight, it's kind of fitting for Atomic Hearts, just kind of chaotic nature. Nate, your silence tells me that you might like this explained in a Cowboys and Beans I need the beans. <laughs> Feed me the beans. Okay, okay. Beans. So, right. Imagine, imagine the rodeo is coming to town. Featuring mm-hmm. its star cowboy, I don't know, lasso performer. Yeah. And this lasso performer's side gig is being one of the most prominent spokesmen for a tinned goods company who have a new line of, who have a new line of beans coming. And yeah. he's going to bring free samples of the beans to the circus for everyone, to the rodeo even. Um, oh, so, wow. you wait for the, so you wait for the rodeo, which is then delayed several times across three years. Um, and when it finally arrives... The performer just comes out, jumps through a lasso a few times, and leaves. There are, <laughs> there are no beans. There's a suggestion of beans in the future, 
But no, sir, there are no beans at this rodeo. I'm so happy with that. <laughs> I hope that helps. Yeah. yeah. Is, is there a suggestion of when the beans will arrive? Uh, no, there is not. Um, I think it's the... It sounds like the plan is still for the beans to arrive on PC, whereas they are apparently not on consoles. Ooh. Um... But yeah, How much it's... are they going to enhance the show, though, really? Is it the kind of show that, you know, you need some beans in hand to enjoy? Not, I mean, no. But, um, you know, even if, if you're into beans, if you're hmm. the kind of person who'd buy, like, an £800 bowl to enjoy the beans to the fullest, you'd, yeah. be, looking, you'd be looking <laughs> at this radio for years thinking, oh, I can't wait to try out those beans. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose the Rodo has also put in a lot of effort in convincing people that the beans are well good. Yeah. Mm. And then has showed up sans beans. <laughs> I genuinely can't stress to what extent this actually allows me to comprehend hardware issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very good. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, also, okay. the bean has tenuous ties to the British government. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> what else uh, needs to be to be talked about in your cavern of hardware? Um, I guess the only other thing is that um, so Wild Hearts, the um, EA, EA's kind of uh, monster huntery um, feudal Japan RPG, um, has launched with absolutely broken performance on PC. Uh, you know, stuttering, CPU bottlenecking, the works. Uh, but there is hope, um, because a Mr. Ryan Johnson of the Steam forums has found a delightful little workaround, which is that if you change the in-game audio setting from stereo to either 7.1 or 5.1 surround sound, it makes the game run faster. <laughs> but first this... of all, Ryan Johnson, is this Ryan Johnson the director? <laughs> no, it's Ryan with a Y. Okay. I was going to say, I loved uh, Glass Onion. <laughs> Second, what is, do, does anyone know why? Why would this be? I, I mean, I don't know, but the, this fix does have the seal of approval from the developers Omega Force because someone shared it on Reddit where the developers sometimes frequent and, and you know, a member of the team replied along the lines of, we've tested this and yeah, it actually can work. So, like, shit like this is why I don't understand why anyone would ever trust a self-driving car. Like, for some reason, changing the audio setting on this game makes the whole thing work better, and even the developers don't really know why. Like, mm. why? Why would you trust a computer to do anything? <laughs> I mean, in, in the in the in the altogether safer environment of PC gaming, I do enjoy these kind of like really janky. <laughs> Janky workarounds. Oh yeah, it's really funny. Problems. Actually, I went looking to see if any other games had like something similar, like a bug or a performance fix that would rival this for strangeness, but I could not. Um, well, I did find. Uh, do you remember? Sometime last year, there was a, a little Twitter trend of game developers sharing how they like bodge things yeah. in their games oh, yeah, yeah. before they ship them. Um, I think my favorite one of those. Um, was in Star Wars The Old Republic where every exploding barrel has a tiny person in it because in the game's <laughs> eyes 
the only valid damage sources are NPCs. <laughs> so, so if you get killed by if you get killed by an exploding barrel in the old republic, you're actually just getting caught in the detonation of a miniature person inside it. <laughs> The most dangerous species in Star Wars, the secret barrel boys. I love stuff like that. My favorite, like even a few years before that, there was another one of those threads, and uh, the one of the devs um, that worked on Arkham City, which whatever the the second game was that had, I think it was Arkham Arkham City, City. that had the uh, Batmobile, and he said, "Oh no, that was." um... That was Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight, yeah. The driver, the drivable Batman. Yeah, there yeah, you that go. was Arkham. Knight. Um, he said hitting the boost on that does nothing. It basically just makes like go faster air stripes. Oh, it has, has like a motion blur around the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a like a little like a, a little fakey. Yeah, going really fast, buddy. Um, which I think is very funny. Uh, not as funny as exploding barrel boys. <laughs> barrel boys. <laughs> All right. Thank oh you very much for that, James. That was yeah, a, you're welcome. an illuminating hardware coven. Let us now ascend then to the heights of the Tower of Jocular. We still don't have a sound effect for the tower, but we'll sort one out. Yeah, uh, I'll get thinking about that. Maybe some think. owls, like so in that- Gormenghast. Oh, lovely. Yeah, okay. Uh, but what's what awaits us in the tower this week, Nate? Uh, a glowering executive. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> this is Big Mike lunchtime. He's uh, he's head of um, giveusthegames.com, a new incredibly commercially aggressive publisher. Brilliant. Um, and you are developers uh, pitching a game to him today. Um, but the twist is, I'm going to ask uh, Alice, I'm going to ask you to mute your uh sound okay for 30 seconds so okay. i can tell james the bit that he's pitching Ooh. and then i'll ask james to mute well i'll tell you alice the bit that you're pitching and okay. then i'll tell you the title of the game okay all right okay all right how, 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 how will alice know when to unmute uh just just 30 seconds just okay. 30 seconds 30 seconds okay i'm taking my headphones off now Okay, so the game you're pitching um, is um, cross-play between mobile and PC. Uh, it's got match three elements. It's got predatory microtransactions. Uh, it's <laughs> okay. got seasons, uh, and it's intermittently erotic. <laughs> okay? Okay. Um, I'll do my best. And then we'll see. Alice should be back in a second. Hello? Hello. Right, James, take your headphones off. Okay. Okay, so the game you're pitching has a massive budget for fully acted cutscenes involving (laughs) talent from John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, (laughs) uh, and Adam Driver. Uh Um, It's got uh, a fully orchestral soundtrack um, and serious moral decisions to make. Okay. 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 So James should be back any second now. <laughs> <laughs> He's okay. You've had you had 30 seconds. Okay. okay. 
Exactly. Right then. <laughs> so, tell me all about Last Triumph for the Dogmen. Well, first of all, and I think you'll be very excited about this, we have got some of the biggest and most bankable names uh, in Hollywood signed up for this. We've got Um, Statham. No. (laughs) But we do have John Hurt. (laughs) We've got we've got we've got Tilda Swinton. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you like big walls of meat. Uh, we've got Adam Driver. Has he got his wide trousers? He can have whatever trousers you want, baby. Right. What kind of a game is it? What, what well, am I playing this on? Well, uh, you must help Adam Driver add to his collection of, of dog men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's famous for that. By going, by going to the pound where a number of dog men will be laid out and you must arrange the dogmen in such a way as to, say, match them together. It's just like Candy Crush. Oh, it'll be it'll be better than Candy Crush. Okay, yeah. Do you know, do you know why? Why's that? Because we're going to let people dress up their dogmen in Ooh. all variety of amusing hats and trousers, where you don't know if they go over just the back legs or the entire bottom half of the dogmen. and you have to pay for them oh of course yeah but you can buy the dogmen battle pass which (laughs) for every 2000 matches um gives you a coin which you can then save up to buy uh (laughs) clip-on kitten ears to stick on the dogmen sounds (laughs) incredible right so bell where does swinton come into this well i'm so glad you because um, uh, Tilda Swinton um, is the owner of the Dogmen <laughs> Pound, and, and uh, because this is a luxury experience as well, uh, because we want people obviously to feel like they are getting value for money, um, which <laughs> has a very uh, moving narrative. Um, with, <laughs> Serious moral decisions to make, because um, as you probably guessed, all the dogmen are voiced by John Hurt. Now, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> very moving personal stories, um, but uh, but um, <laughs> so if you be... play on, is this crossplay or what? Uh, did I? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's crossplay on on all the consoles, the the uh, the X Station and uh, the Steam Deck. Um. So if you're but, playing on mobile, you're playing as Driver, and if you're on one of those thinking tellies, what you're playing as Swinton managing the dog farm. Yes. Yes. It's um. It's asymmetrical multiplayer. Fucking um, hell. With but with you know all the all the drama of a prestige television series. And you know, and you know what every prestige television series has? Oh God! Explicit sex scenes. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking John Hurt and John Hurt. <laughs> it'll be very, it'll be very tasteful. Tell, tell me, uh, Mike, have you heard of the Omegaverse? Because. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> dog sex is in right now. <laughs> I've heard all I need to hear. Here's infinite million pounds. <laughs> I've advocated for dog sex on the internet. <laughs> Ellison. It's okay, the dog man. <laughs> by John Hurt. Oh no. It's 2023. Who hasn't? Well pitched. Well pitched. I like this game. Let's get out of here before anything else happens. <laughs> All that remains now is for us to leave the the wreck of, of that game that we played because <laughs> uh, we're, we're at the end of the podcast. And so um, all that's left is for some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, I'm going to go first this week because I have what I think is a fun one. Um, there is a it's a reality show, a Korean reality show on Netflix called Physical 100, where 100 uh, contestants or like compete in increasingly baffling physical trials to be like the strongest and some of them are like Olympic climbers some of them are strong men some of them are like bodybuilders uh, there's you know crossfitters there's a whole array of different kinds of body strong I guess mm. um, and it's probably like the first challenge is they all grab on to like a, a bar grid and then have to hang off it as it's raised in the air for as long as possible. <laughs> um, the the One of the most impressive challenges was they were in teams of 10 and they had to push and pull a two-ton ship across some sand and up a ramp in the shortest time possible. Uh, it's genuinely amazing television and if they get knocked out they have to ceremonially smash a totem plaster cast of their own torso (laughs) (laughs) my friend Lou described it as extremely strong and respectful people doing incredible deeds it's that is true because my other favorite thing about it is uh the trash talk which is so so respectful like (laughs) when they get teamed up in like you know one-on-one versus teams like one of them will be like they have to like have a little standoff like in before a boxing match uh but one of them will say like you know you're an incredible athlete uh but i'm going to try and beat you in this wrestling match and like all the other people are like oh and then the other one will go on the contrary i am really going to try and beat you in wrestling and then all the onlookers like whoa shit (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really good. I, I'm waiting for the final episodes with bated breath. It's incredible television. That's my recommendation. Nate, what are you recommending this week? Uh, so I've been enjoying uh, Lockwood & Co., a net- Netflix series, which didn't sound like my cup of tea at all, um, being that it's about gifted teenagers fighting ghosts. Um, but it's a, it was a Joe Cornish job. Um, and I've got a soft spot for him and I've been, it, it's really like sweet. Well, it's adapted from, from some books, I think, uh, it's very likable. Um, like it's beautifully shot the use of green light, 
is incredible. I really like the world building in it. Uh, it's about teenagers, but it doesn't feel like obnoxious sort of YA drivel. Um, the ghosts are genuinely quite creepy. It's good stuff. Ah. Okay. I'm on episode three and having a grand old time. Lovely. And James, what are you recommending this week? Uh, I'm recommending the relaxing musical works of Cosmic Koala, um, who, despite mm. not being an actual koala, is a very talented maker of lo-fi music. Um, so if you're like me and you can't work to anything else because you just end up air drumming, uh, check him out. Uh, he's on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and I think Deezer, if you're into that. You're nice such a, a cultured chap, James. All your recommendations like really good music things and, you know, strings. Uh, the, and... <laughs> the, the, just the last two. I think the one before that was like caramel sauce. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're a complex creature. I, I, oh, was... I, want, I wanted to issue a correction. Um, I fumbled my tongue, my recommendation last week, and I meant to uh, recommend the angle, uh, the album Wide Angle by Hybrid, but accidentally recommended their Greatest Hits album, uh, which, after talking about how fun it was to listen through albums in order, made me sound like a right donkey. So, yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite Beatles album? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best of. <laughs> the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me for Chat Lads, and thank you for joining us to listen. This was episode four of season two of the Electronic Wireless Show. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. You just search for Rock Paper Shotgun. You can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, you can join the Discord. There'll be a link in the show notes where you can chat about video games and there's a dedicated podcast chat room. And uh, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Nate. Farewell. And it's goodbye from James. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <gasps>